Welcome to Words of Wisdom. On this podcast, we interview some of the most influential people in the world to uncover how they became the best so that we can help you understand how you can become the best. What's up, everybody? Grant Weiss here. Welcome back to Words of Wisdom. I'm excited today to be interviewing the one and only Mrs. Carla Arahu. She is the CEO of AZ and Associates, a real estate brokerage out of Arizona, and one of the most powerful women I'm connected with. I'm so excited to be having a conversation with her today. Carla, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me Ooh. on the show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. So let's dive in. So for anybody that's listening to this, maybe doesn't know you, um, you know, what's your story? Who are you and how did you get to where you are today? Man, I can go on this for us. It's going to be a good question. Well, I started, I, well, I'm Carla Rajo and you can definitely find me all over social media from Facebook, Instagram. I'm a huge TikTok. <laughs> I have a ton, an amount, enormous amount of people following me on TikTok. I actually get paid on TikTok now. So that's pretty cool. If you want to check more about me and my personality, it definitely is authentic and real and it shines on TikTok. That's where you can truly find me. <laughs> I do not hold back on TikTok. It's like an app made for me. I just love it. But you can definitely find me on Facebook. Um, we also have a podcast, uh, dothework.com, and also run badassagents.com as well as that's part of our real estate. So I run uh, coaching programs, I run training programs, and um, also coaching programs within real estate as well, and coaching programs um, with women, and also training programs. So there's a ton of stuff to know about me, but definitely if you go to dothework.com and badassagents.com, you'll know a little bit more about my background and my stories and actually what, what I do. And I enjoy it and it's fun. Um, but yeah, I um, have been in business for over, I want to say 16, 17 years. Um, you know, some good, some bad, opened up some businesses, closed some others, but definitely the success behind it is, um, you know, through all my obstacles and my journey that I've been through. But I've definitely, the first time I ever got into business, when I think I believe I was 23, 24 around there, I actually owned a UPS store and it burned. It, not literally, but mm. kind of crashed and lost everything. Um, started going into the real estate business and found myself as, you know, your typical agent trying to make it here and there and your buyer's agent and that failed. And I was like, I don't think I'm meant for real estate, but I did keep my license and because I did find out something about myself throughout this journey is that I'm a phenomenal business owner. I just didn't have the bells and whistles and all the systems and programs to actually, you know, go further into business. So yeah, definitely some walls were there put up because thinking, was I good enough? You know, and then I went through depression and anxiety, which by the way, I've had all my life. Um, little did I know that was the exact thing, depression, anxiety that was holding me back, what needed to be done to go further um, into, you know, growing, growing in all aspects of my life. So my depression really hit hard. And what I found that was easiest um, was, you know, I got married and I had kids and I thought, you know, why not have somebody take care of me? You know, everything's falling apart, you know? So I don't know, there's just so many different avenues of my life that I can be here. I can sit here forever, but one that I definitely um, felt I just wasn't worthy for a very long time. And mm. if you know me, I am, I'm loud. I'm, I'm an alpha female. I have a loud voice. Um, that's truly who I am. 
and but that wasn't who I was. Um, I was pretending to be somebody else, thinking that was the avenue I needed to take to become successful versus, hey, Carla, go all in authentically, real and raw and just go hard um, and see what's going to come out of it. But it took me years and years of, um, you know, just being beat down by my own words, my own thoughts. And um, that's what held me back. Why, why, why did you feel like maybe you had that persona? What, was that just something like you just grew up thinking this way? I or? just grew up. I mean, you know, when you are told over and over and over again that, you know, you're not good enough. Um, I had, a, you know, I haven't spoken to my father in over 20 some years. So, um, you know, my dad was very mentally abusive. Um, mm. I grew up um, just, you know, around me a lot of, you know, I got teased, I got picked on, I got bullied. And I, I mean, I was just bullied. I mean, and it wasn't so much the fists that, you know, come, came at me because I got beat up so much growing up. It wasn't that. It was more the words that were coming at me that really, really dug deep. Um, and they stayed. They stayed in my mind. So when, you know, I had social anxiety and so I grew up that way um, and I thought the easy way out was, you know, get into a relationship and go that route, you know. So and even when I did have the UPS store and I was his business owner, I acted like if I was working for my husband still because, even then I couldn't step up to, you know, the person I knew that I, that I was and I could, it was just, I just wasn't good enough. That's how I grew up. And I kept fighting. I kept fighting. I kept fighting because I knew that that wasn't me. Um, so I had choices and, you know, my back was against the wall and it was either all going to burn down or I was going to, you know, start hunting like the men is what I say. So I did exactly that. So I didn't, I believe um, during that time, my marriage was falling apart as well. So I kind of thought, you know, there's so many, like I said, there's so many different avenues I can go. I'm just trying to make it, you know, nice and sweet and really quick. I can be <laughs> here for hours talking about my life. But like I said, you want know, to know my whole life. It's on dothework.com. It's from, from there, from the beginning to the end. Um, but no, my marriage was falling apart. It had nothing to do with my actual marriage. It had to do with me. I, you know, I was just holding back. I felt like I was, I don't know, I was depriving myself. I was just dug deep into my stories that I started, you know, that I believed so much about myself that I was not worthy of anything. Tell, um, tell me about this process of getting out of that. So I hear that anxiety and depression and, and this kind of false identity were some of the biggest hurdles that you had had. What was the process? What steps did you take? What did you do to kind of like wake up and just take accountability for that? Or like, can you walk me through what that was? So like? one of the major things that, um, I, what I do when I also coach women, cause I would coach to this process, um, early on. Um, so I thought this was just a phenomenal formula that a lot of us don't want to, I guess, mix, you know, and it's, it's a great formula and nobody wants to even get involved in it because it's so painful, um, that someone said, you know, when you're at the bottom of the pit, instead of crawling your way out to the top and continue running stay at the bottom of the pit and start to talk to yourself mm. and start to go even deeper than that. And when you find yourself so deep, those stories will tar start to rise. And my stories went all the way down to the age of three. So when I started, started basically talking to that little girl from the age of three and taking it slow, and I started to realize that who I thought I was I'm, I'm not that person. I am not. Um, I was, you know, believing that's who I was because at the age of three is what people told me. 
Um, so I started tearing off the labels off myself, you know, and I just stopped crawling to the top instead of taking my time emotionally, mentally to get to the top. And when I got there, it just became easy because there was no more labels on me. There was no more stories. There was nothing. So I feel like I became untouchable almost. So in one of the major things that when I started to rise, my business started to rise because I no longer had walls and stories that I wasn't capable of doing X, Y, and Z. I just went hard. And I just remember it was, I don't know what year it was, but it was specifically when I started staying there at that bottom of the pit of depression and anxiety, when somebody had told me, just stay there, don't come up, just stay there. Because every single time I felt depressed and anxious and all these things, like I wasn't allowed to own up to it. I wasn't allowed to, to own it. Mm. I'm going through depression. I'm going through anxiety. It was just like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can do a thousand and things, but I would only burn. So I was constantly burning throughout life and never able to go over that hump only because I was so worn out mentally. Mm. Um, and no, I allowed myself to stay there and start picking off those labels and start digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And it probably took me back to the age of three. And it mm. was hard. It was hard because I didn't want to go so deep. Um, and I felt like when I just started to discover myself more, I felt everyone around me knew that as well. But no, you know, I started owning up to it and I started telling my story, um, not to family and friends. The cure was to tell it to strangers, not hmm. to family and friends. Family and friends will hold you and tell you everything's okay. They'll ask you questions. Where was I? They'll ask you questions X, Y, and Z. Like I give a shit, like you give a shit. Get over it. <laughs> the people I actually started telling were, I got behind the camera, I've got my phone, um, and I also do on the side, I'm going to jump off subject a little bit, on the side, I do a lot of bodybuilding and I do a lot of fitness. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school and I used to get picked on, I just went into the high school gym and I started how, learning how to deadlift and do pull-ups and I just started gaining mass and I was just like this, you know, little boyish figure kind of girl, you know? And so when I get angry, you know, people go and eat. I get angry. I go and lift heavy shit. That's what yep. I do. And I had a problem with, and if you can see my hands, my, my knuckles are all busted up and my fingers are, you know, my middle fingers broken because I used to have the habit of punching walls. So I had all this anger, but I've never had anger um, laying my hands on someone else. I would allow them to lay their hands on me and I would hold back because I knew if I ever put my hand on someone, I would break your nose. That's how angry I was. So I would, <laughs> I would just punch walls and, and take my anger to the gym, which that turned into passion. So, but you know, it started there and I don't know, it's just, that's kind of where it went. And then one day I came out of the gym and I, I said, enough is enough. And I'm tired of this shit. And I grabbed my camera. I went live and I told my story to the world. And I said, I have anxiety. I have social anxiety. I have depression. I started crying. And then I just started cussing up a storm and the video still out there. It had, it's still out there. It's a massive video now. Um, because, you know, you get negative comments and you get positive comments more than anything. I got nothing but neg uh, positive feedback telling me, oh my gosh, yeah. I go through the same thing. How did you go through that? You're a competitor. You're always on stage. How did you become an IFBB pro? All these things were coming at me. I'm like, well, when I was on stage becoming, you know, on stage with the best of the best, I was freaking medicated because I would smile and you can see my face. I was just trying to live in that moment um, because anger got me to the point of like, tell me I can't watch mm -hmm. me, 
And mm-hmm. so every time as I was getting older, that was another thing about me. The moment people would say, I, you can't, I would go hard. Mm-hmm. But then I would go home and hide and then to come back even more angry. So I just walked around like an angry machine. Not to say that it was bad or good. That anger got me here to this point. But I definitely not, I mean, this was years ago. I burned a lot of bridges. I lost a lot of friends, a lot of family. I basically didn't give a shit anymore. It was just like, I'm going to go hard and I'm not going to stop until I get what I want. And that's me. I was lost and I found her. And then I had to go back and forgive myself for being such an asshole. And a lot of me changed. One, what I did was I went back and I started coaching women and I started because I never want someone to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not good. It is not pretty. There's other ways to take it. But when someone asks, they'll all ask me, how do you get to this point? I'm like, cause I'm fucking pissed. And when you're pissed, you go hard. You can't whistle around. Then you're not going to get shit done. Get angry. Did someone at one point in your life told you you can't? Then go hard. Are you going to whistle your way through life? That shit don't fly like that. You're not going to get very far whistling mm-hmm. through life. Mm-hmm. Get there and then enjoy it. But one thing that I go back and coach is get there with passion. Don't get there angry like I did because it is not pretty. Um, but one thing that I'm telling you that definitely changed my life is when I stayed in that pit. That's where it goes. Stay in that pit. Did, was this for you just like a point in life where you were like, you know, I think that we all get to this point where a future is so, um, you know, attractive, right? We, we have a compelling future that we're really drawn towards. So we, we're going to move towards it or our reality is so like, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, was there a moment for you where you had that switch that flipped and you just pulled out the phone or like, I'm not going to take this anymore. Like I'm, I'm changing. That day that I walked out of the gym. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, no, that was the day. That was the day I never looked. Cause back. like up to, up to that point, I'm sure that there was probably still this insecurity, maybe this perception, maybe this people are telling me this and I am this, like there's these different identities. Right. We're, we're but the through. reason, one of the reasons why I did what I did that day was because I knew once I took that one harsh step, I can't look back. Nothing good was going to come out of that video. Nothing good was going to come out of that video. Everything bad was going to come out of the video. So I went home and I just broke down and I think I got depressed and had anxiety. And, you know, I come from, you know, suicidal thoughts. I'm, you know, I attempted Mm -hmm. suicide. I attempted when I was a kid and when I was a teen twice Um, so of course that crossed my mind, like, you know, and so I still go through these crazy moments. They're never going to go away. That's just who I am. But I actually now talk about them. But that day I went home and I was like, what the fuck did I do? Nothing (laughs) going to come good. Like, what did I do? Next thing you know, I'm looking at my phone and the views are growing. The comments are growing. It just, it went out there massive. So I can't take it back now. And Uh it was also the best thing that ever happened to me only because I grew thick skin, extremely thick skin. So when I started creating other social platforms, um, social media platforms within my business on a personal level, I was like, well, screw it. I can't go back now. Let's tell it all. Let's talk about abuse. Let's talk about all these other things that have happened. Let's talk about the bullying. Let's talk about the fake personality that I had, the voice that I had. If you go back and watch my videos, you will hear my voice and my guys, my social media guys that take care of all that stuff, all the social media. They laugh at those videos because they're like, Carla, that doesn't even sound like you. <laughs> I'm like, it's not. It's not. I used to talk with this voice that 
just wasn't my voice because I thought maybe that's the way women should talk and that's the way the mm. business is going to grow. I don't want anyone to think I'm too harsh, but then if I'm too harsh, you know, I'm this bitch. And, you know, so that's why my UPS store, my first business failed because I allowed everybody, every customer to walk all over me, my employees to walk all over me because it was like shit. Like everybody's offended, not by what I would say, how I would say it, the tone of my voice until I was like, screw this shit. No one's going to pay my bills. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, so I just, I just couldn't go back. Now, one thing I've learned was when I went to the top, nobody was going to pull me down. But I also learned that I went to the top with anger. And that's what I'm saying. Like I mm -hmm. burnt, I burnt, but it didn't bring me down. It just made me realize, all right, now you're here. Control yourself figure this shit out. How can you use that power in a positive light? I'm like, that's right. I how, how, how can you? What's the difference between growing to the top with anger and then growing to the top with passion? Walk me through that. Like, how can I? Because to me, it was, it was, I, the reason I did it, it was a reason why when you have to, this is my story. When, when I was at the bottom of that pit and I thought to myself, and I am a huge faith, I have, my faith is huge. Mm -hmm. And because I believe since a very like God has been my everything since I was a kid, he's been my only friend. He's been everything to me. And when I was at the bottom of the pit, I just remember talking to him and I was like, you want me here? I'm here. Take me. And I think that year I even got baptized. I was like, I'm done. I surrender. Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> mm. I've got goosebumps over here. It's, it's and I was just like, that's it. I'm done. I just want out. Um, so, but no, I stayed there and I talked to her and as a three-year-old, it was like, Hey, whatever's happening right now, things are going to get better. And I believe that my whole life has happened for a reason and a purpose behind it. And I found my purpose down there. And when I got to the top, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go and grab on to at least one woman that can change her life to that complete stranger. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it all went from there. And I made that live video and just things started going from that point. So when I told myself, I just will take one, just one, if I can just bring a different light into her life. And that one came in and, and it was just gave me the understanding that I have a purpose in life and I can change lives. And I, and my voice, what my voice was given to me for a reason, my stories, my past was given to me for a reason. They weren't done to me. They were done for me so I can go on and take on someone else's life and, and bring a different perspective to them. I'm no angel. But I believe I was being used to become strong and I could have stayed at the bottom of the pit, pity me and be a victim of it, of the story, or I can rise to the top and take on a ton of souls with me. And that's exactly what I did. And, and I found purpose. Um, so, you know, versus before it was all business. It was business, 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 and no longer it was a business anymore. Like this is personal. This is personal. And in the way it's going to grow on that end of it, I put business to the back burner because I was like, this is not going to grow. I have to grow as a person, as an individual, and just continue helping other individuals that are going through what I'm going through so they can rise to the top. My business is going to be fine. And I don't know, something in me, I, I'm, you know, it's like, I heard this once, like, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you have all the faith in the world when the lights are on and you know, you know what's going to happen and you're good. 
but somehow your faith starts to question when it's dark and you don't know where that light switch is on. You don't know where you're at going mm -hmm. in the dark. And all of a sudden you take those baby steps because you're afraid to bump into that wall. I just started running in the dark, basically. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going hard and whatever happens to me because I'm down at this pit telling God, that's it. I'm done. Take me like I'm, I'm done. And mm -hmm. so somehow when I crawled my ass to the top, I saw the light and I saw a completely different view of like, Hey, it's no longer business. It's no longer, you know, the fakeness, the, 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 who you are. It's no longer leave her down there. You've talked to her, just leave her down there. And I became a completely different person. And, and it's not a different person. It was who truly, who I really, really was. It was mm -hmm. who I really was. And I'm so thankful for that because I lost so many people in my life. And I'm so thankful that I lost them because they weren't meant to be <laughs> in my life. And it opened up the opportunity and, uh, you know, just like this big door for other humans to come into my life and say, hey, Carla, what did you do different? Mm. Stay at the bottom of the pit and start digging deep because the person you think you are, that's not who you are. Uh, how do you, as somebody that, you know, is at the top today, because I, I have a ton of respect for you and the business you built, I feel like you've, you've, you've done phenomenal and you are continuing to just really grow and expand. What I also know is that depression and anxiety and stress and those types of things, they don't just go away. Uh, we as people learn how to, uh, we equip ourselves along the way with tools to help us deal with those things. So what are some of the tools that you use today to deal with maybe anxiety or stress or depression if those things creep back up for you? I embrace it and I own it and I no longer apologize and by being an asshole or a bitch, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, take it I, I just own it to this morning we had the photo shoot and the girls were late and I was pissed off and I'm like I have to go I have a tight schedule where are you guys and you should have heard me on the phone I wasn't mean but my voice goes a thousand miles an hour and mm -hmm. it starts to get hard it like rises a little bit but I'm not mean and I'm not rude at least in my head I'm not mm -hmm. and so they come in here and we're in the photo shoot and I take a step back so you can see, I can see my own personality change. And then I take it back a notch and we do what we need to do. I leave and I'm rushing back over here to meet with you. In that time frame that I was gone, 45 minutes, the only thing I think of is my attitude. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. screw it. I told them 1015, they showed up at 1030. You know, this is my mm -hmm. time. This is my staff. This is my studio. Show up. Yeah. So that's the way I thought. Now, the old person, that's boss thinking. Show up. Mm -hmm. That's boss thinking. Leave it alone. Walk away, Carla. Deal with this shit. The old Carla would have picked up the phone, would have apologized, would have asked, do you guys want Starbucks? Do you want lunch? I'm so sorry. And I would have made all these calls and wasted 30 minutes of my fucking life trying to please people. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, I said 10, 15. It's my time. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my staff time. I got things to do. The old Carla would have backed up and delayed her whole entire schedule and would have been stressed out more than I already am because I'm thinking to myself, I have to do a photo shoot. I have to be on this podcast and then I have to be on one next week. And then, so all these things are going to my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm sweating because I still go through that anxiety. I woke up with anxiety this morning. I have an event tomorrow that we have a hundred people that have RSVP'd and we're like, how are we going to, I'm like thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be entertaining. I'm going to have to talk. I'm, and tomorrow hasn't even come, mm -hmm. you know? And one thing that I've learned 
you know, through my Bible studies is don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries. And I have to tell myself that over and over and over and over. And then, so every time I feel like I've overextended myself with that anxious and and madness, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. that's who I am. Get over it. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. And then I've, so I talked to myself. So I've learned to step out of my own body and tell that Carla, Hey, it's okay. Don't apologize. You're powerful. Mm. Leave it at that. A lot of people would really buy into the idea that, hey, you know, perception matters, that being this radically truthful and transparent can affect you, uh, you know, maybe even negatively. Like, what do you say to that? You know, how has radical truth and transparency helped you from a business standpoint? Explain that to me more. Tell me, explain that to me. So talking about like you had a photo shoot with some people, I think they were on yeah. a podcast for you and, and yeah. all those types of things. And <clears throat> what I'm saying is like, if I'm going to be just truthful and transparent and honest, yo, like I said, 10, 15, you didn't show up. What the, like, I got stuff yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just being, and you, and you said like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be authentically me. And yeah. if you don't like it, piss off, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> some people would maybe do what old Carla did, which was, okay, I'm just going to be nice. I'm going to get you Starbucks. I'm going to coddle you. I'm going to do all these sorts of things. Yeah. And, and new Carla's saying like, no, oh, motherfucker, like I said this, <laughs> it means this. Don't mess with me. Like, we, yeah. so how has that transformed your business? Cause like, I, I see how maybe with your, your old business being like that, as you said, it just burned everything to the ground. And now like taking the reins and owning everything and, and just being yourself, just being authentically yourself. How, how has that changed the way that you're able to grow your business. I run at a faster people. speed. I definitely yeah. run at a faster speed. I get done things. I get things done. Um, it's easier to get like my schedule done. It's, it's to meet my goals. I mean, every time, you know, you write something down, you're like, I'm going to get this done and it never gets done. You have to have yeah. to think other things that are being stopped. You know, you're stopping in your tracks by getting shit done. So me running at a fast speed, it's just, I'm getting shit done. You know, I'm not, I'm not, holding or delaying or, or backing yeah. things up. So it's like, when I say 10, 15, I'm, I'm, my day starts at four in the morning and it doesn't end until I decide it ends until I'm mm-hmm. done with the day. So when people ask me what time do you go to bed? There is no time that I go to bed. It's just when I'm done with my day period. And mm-hmm. so in order to get that done is, yeah, you I mean, you have to think that have that mindset of like, I, 10, I'm out, I'm done, you know, mm-hmm. move on, move on. So you don't stop in your track. And before it was Carla, the old Carla used to, you know, when employees were late or they called in and like, oh, okay, don't worry about it. Let me stop my day and the things that I got going on to go open up the store to go, you know, when I still in the UPS store, they would just run my day. Now it's like, I'm writing you up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, this is not going to happen. Like I'm, I'm just strict. I'm strict. And mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, this, people don't know me like that, but they don't know what I've been through. And I've also been in business for over 17 years. And I, and I say this on podcasts, I say this all the time. I'm not allowing anyone to walk all over me. Mm-hmm. I'm not because I've gotten to this point in a certain manner. And I'm going to continue that because it's extremely successful. So I'm not being that, you know, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I wouldn't, there was this, uh, when we did a grand opening, um, we walked everybody through the building and, the guys ended up catching me in this moment. You'll see this video and I'm holding these big scissors, you know, and I'm going to cut the ribbon. So AZ is mm-hmm. giving this big speech on the grand opening and I'm right behind him. And I'm, I have this look on my face. Like I look pissed. 
There's no smiling. <laughs> There's none of that. I'm just holding these big scissors. Like I'm going to freaking just cut his beard off, you know, and, and it's just a crazy. Look, it's just crazy. Look, you should see how many messages and shit I got on that. Look, and yeah. within minutes later, he was done with the speech. I think then I started laughing and smiling and I go and cut the ribbon. So somebody has sent me this photo and they zoomed in on my fo- on my, on my face and it looked angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the kind of shit I used to go through all the time. Like, look at your face. I'm like, first and foremost, would you want to be pranced around like a little princess? Oh, we're grand opening. Like, no, that's a look of a boss. I had to open shit up. It was like a year and a half in the making plus more. Yeah. Do you know what? I'd get to that point. That's exactly the, what Carla wanted to say. But instead right. I smiled and said, that's a boss look. And I left it alone. <laughs> I love it. Do you feel like that attitude pushes a lot of people away from you or is that a good thing? Yes and no. Yes, it pushes people away from me. And no, I always tell this to people. If you're scared of me, then you're showing up extremely weak in the world. Uh. You shouldn't be scared of me or anybody. And no, it doesn't push people away because they're wanting to know how in the hell did you get this far? Yeah. Is there a lot of freedom in that and living this this way? Yes, because your life is short. Uh, Life is... Life totally. is short and I enjoy it. And I don't know how it went from my early twenties of owning up UPS store to my forties and I'm here and yeah. I'm not stopping and I feel great and I look better than a 20 year old. <laughs> my ass sounds more you know, higher than a 20 year old. My abs are tighter than a 19 year old. I feel great and I'm happier more than ever. And I'm starting to you know, start programs and processes and all kinds of things because exactly of that feeling. I don't give a shit. Mm. And I'm going to continue to rise if you like me or not. And again, if you're afraid of me, if you don't want to come near me, that's not my problem. That's yours. If you don't like me, it's not my problem. It's yours. Those that need to be surrounded by me are because they're wanting to learn. They want my energy. They're wanting, I'm I'm a phenomenal, I'm, I'm a beautiful person inside and out. And I can say that proudly. I'm mm-hmm. a beautiful person. And if you knew me, I would make your, you know, ass laugh because I'm freaking hilarious <laughs> and I'm just out there and I don't hold back. I'm very blunt. I'm very straightforward and I'm not meant for everyone. And that's what I've learned throughout my years. I'm not meant for everyone. And that's okay because I mm-hmm. don't want to be trying to, you know, maneuver my attitude and personality around you so you can feel comfortable around me. I need to probably feel comfortable around you because in my eyes, I'm going through more hell than you're going, you know, because I'm, I have, I'm, I shake, I sweat, I have social anxiety. You can see my lower lip move. You can see my words <laughs> going a thousand miles an hour. And you're like, what's wrong with her? And I even had t- people tell me, slow down in your words. You're talking too fast. Catch up. Because I, I have so much respect for people now on a different level because I don't see them in a certain lighting more like, Oh, they're having an attitude or they're doing that. It's like, no, they're going through something on why they act this mm. way. And this is what, who they are by learning more about me made me appreciate other women and men in a completely different light because I learned so much about myself that I no long, long, no longer like look at people when they're rude to me or there's certain ways. It's just like, you know, when you love yourself more and you learn your, more about yourself, you don't see the person like that anymore. I've grown I thought everything was against me. Nothing's against yeah. me. I, I've grown to realize that, um, you know, projection is real. Like people typically are acting in a way that is projecting some thought, feeling, or emotion that they're having about themselves. Um, you know, I used to have people around me that were very, 
I don't know if negative is the right word, but very derogatory. Just would say things and sometimes intentionally to make other people feel bad. And and some people are like, why do you put up that? I'm like, look, it's got nothing to do with me. Like that, whatever right. that person just said, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, there's nothing I've even done that would make that person feel that way. It's just right. some people are going through their thing. So I totally get what you say, that everybody's really going through their own thing and um you know creating a place for people to be around you and do that is pretty powerful it's pretty impactful too we've created an environment here at the brokerage and and even in my coaching i don't ever have i haven't in a very long time have somebody not want to be around us from Mm -hmm. from what i from what i know i don't see it I mean, yeah. we're surrounded by people and, and people love to be around us. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, cocky in any way, shape or form. Right. But people want to be around us ex- because that's exactly who we are. We're just authentic and real. And that's just, you know what you're going to get, you know what you're going to get when you walk in the door. And I, I can't a hundred percent of the people that walk through the door are like, holy shit, Carly, you're the same thing that I see on social media. I'm like, yeah, did you think so? I'm somebody else? Like <laughs> that's what they're, that's what they're accustomed to of meeting well, so different is, individuals yeah. and I am not. And I get commented all the time, like, oh, you're not, you know, your typical woman, you're not in heels and dresses. And when I tell them who I am, they're like, you're just in a you know, t-shirt or in tank top and lemon pants and Nikes. I'm like, yeah, because it's not about me and it's not about my success. It's about what I could do for other people. And I can't do that shit in heels and a dress. And so <laughs> there's just so many things in my mind, but I have a lot of people that talk and make little remarks like that. And to me, it's not against me they're just wanting to know how I do what I do. And I just wake up every day knowing I'm going to change somebody's life. I'm going to make somebody laugh. I'm going to put a process in place. Um, something's going to go, some, you know, positive tokens going to go towards my business. Um, there's always, I, I have all these goals on a daily basis and I get them all done mm-hmm. um, because tomorrow might not come. And I appreciate life because I almost lost my life. I almost gave my life. I was not Mm -hmm. supposed to be here and I made it to my (laughs) forties and I'm an incredible human. I'm a beautiful person inside and out. And I say that again, proudly because I'm not supposed to be alive, but I'm here. And every waking moment that I'm like, I don't want to do it because I feel ashamed or my depression or my anxiety. It's like, it doesn't exist. It's there. I feel it but my faith is a lot bigger and it's grown Mm -hmm. massively that no longer am I stopped because I don't think about myself anymore. It's like, and I also don't think about me offending people. And I'm also that I'm so blunt and I'm supposed to be blunt because if Mm -hmm. I pissed you off, if I pissed you off and you're going to go do what I said, you can't do, then I did my job. If I hold back my my words and, you know, you know, like a coward and, you know, because I know in my head, I should say it to you on the things you're not doing, you should be doing. I don't want to offend you. Then I didn't do my job as a human. And that's how, the way. How, how big of a role has, you know, discipline played in your life? Obviously that seems like a, a silly question, you know, me asking an IFPP fit pro and a you know, successful businesswoman and all those types of things. But what, what role has discipline played in your development as you've gone from maybe somebody you didn't like into somebody you're in love with? Ah, uh, man, it, ha- it just, I always had to show up. Mm-hmm. I would, I was losing and I don't like to lose. Is that what you're asking me? How? 
Yeah, in a, in a roundabout way, like along the way, and I know, you know, AZ as well, like you all have these systems and processes, not necessarily like just for business, but for life, like to go out and like truly thrive and perform. It seems like you all have developed these incredible like systems for living. And that's, and I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm probably answering your question then. I don't yeah. like to lose. Yeah. I'm a competitor at heart and no matter what I do. And I don't like to lose. Um, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that in, in my eyes, I have to do what I have to do. And mm -hmm. I like to feel like I've won each day. Every time mm -hmm. I wake up, I win the day. I don't like that? to lose. What does that look like for you? Like, how, how do you go about winning the day? Like, what, what, what does that look like? Waking up every day at four in the morning, working out, starting my classes that I train, a group of like, um, 10 women, I have classes every hour from like seven, six in the morning, and then at eight in the morning, and then again at night, and then coming here to business and not just working. I don't like to be the worker bee. I have to come up with some type of process. And just yesterday, Izzy and I came up with a 30-day challenge that we're bringing to our brokerage. So we're always constantly masterminding, and it has to take like it has to go with it. It's not just masterminding and putting things on paper. It actually has to happen. Mm -hmm. So I've disciplined myself to understand that again, if it's a goal, it's a goal that I need to reach. It's not a goal that's just written on paper. Mm -hmm. I'd like to win the day. So every day that I wake up, it's like, okay, what's next? It's not like, let me just continue doing everything over and over and over repetitively. It's like, no, what is today going to bring? And so I need to sit there. Like how I'm, that to me is winning the day when I'm moving mm -hmm. towards something that is going to happen for my business and for my health. What mm -hmm. am I going to do towards today? I'm going to win today. When I work out, I don't just work out to work out. I work out to sweat. I work out to like freaking vomit. I work out to throw myself <laughs> on the floor and be like, holy crap, my body hurts. Let me go hard. I don't work out for my, just my health. I work out for my mental, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pissed, I'm pissed. And then I walk away from the gym and be like, okay, I'm good. I put all my anger there and I go on and I win the day. I don't I like to lose. I got Eric Thomas in the back of my mind as you've been talking, just this whole like I'm pissed off for greatness type attitude. Like this is one I of my favorites. Don't, I don't like to lose. Yep. I'm just, I'm, I'm there and I'm there for a reason. I'm not just there to have a great heart, you know, and great <laughs> lungs. I don't get on the, I don't get on Stairmasters. I don't get on treadmills. I, I, I do. I mean, if I need to, but that's because I'm happy and I need, you know, endorphins or whatever. I mean, I want to run. Yeah. But I'm pissed. I'm pissed. What? And I think my, my greatest thinking comes when I lift weight. Yeah. So I get some, I get super creative when I'm mentally exhausted for some yeah. reason. I, I don't know why that is, but if nope. I go kill myself for an hour, yeah. like something comes from it. I, I don't, and I, yep. not, not all the time, but something typically some problem gets solved or some idea gets created. Why do you think other people don't live like that? Why do you think that people just seem to kind of be coasting or maybe even like not awake. <laughs> you know, I train a lot of, I train a lot of women that way. They just kind of come in and I like that. They just, you know, they come in just whistling away and, and I, I'm in their face and I'm yelling. I'm like, get angry. And I know you can lift this shit, you know, and there's like no weights on the machine or something. I'm like, I know you can lift this shit, like, <laughs> like lift. And I'm in your face, like hardcore militant style. Um, and that's another thing, my training programs, I'm not your typical trainer. You know, I'm, I'm, I do some ice baths. I, there's, I get crazy and creative and I want you to feel the pain. 
I want mm-hmm. you to cry. I make you cry. No one has ever come to my boot camp has not cried. I make you cry. And so, because that's the only way I'm going to get through to you. And I believe there's so much there in a woman that is held back based on the way she was brought up. You're not supposed to, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to act like a guy. You're not supposed to scream ugly. You're not supposed to speak loudly. You're not supposed to be a certain way because you're supposed to be a, a young lady and a woman. And, and, you know, for the most part, the, some of the, you know, some of the women are, for, for the most part, they're all like that. You know, you're, you're supposed to act like a lady. And I just, I'm not like that. I had to defend myself. You know, I, I felt like I raised myself. You know, I had a mom mm-hmm. who worked, I never saw her. She worked a lot. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with much. You know, I, been, I felt like I went hunting for food. There was times that we went months without electricity in our house. Mm-hmm. Felt like I had to survive. And that's just the way I see it now. Like I have that mindset. I got to go, 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 go. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I told you my depression, anxiety, I never got to really truly stand there and discover it at the bottom of the pit. Cause I always had to go, 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 go to survive. Yeah. Um, and I hit that for so long. And so, you know, if it's just all in order for you to feel that way, you have to have some sense of fire in you. And everyone has a story. Everyone mm-hmm. has a story. You just have to sit there long enough with yourself to tell you what that story is. Talk to yourself and tell yourself what that story is and run with that. Run mm-hmm. with that anger. But for the most part, people don't because they say forgive and forget and be nice. It's like, dude, nice did not get me here. Mm-hmm. Nice did not get me here. I'm telling you, nice did not get me here. And I tell that to women all the time, nice will not get you far, but good luck and best of luck to you. Mm. So. Why, why do you think that people are so open um, through that pain? Like, what, what is it do you feel like, um, you know, opens people up mentally when you get through with like a painful experience or you're trying to provoke this pain and, and angst in somebody? Like, why do you think that we respond that to, to, to that? when people stop themselves from responding or when they respond to it? When they respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe in both, it's like what, what maybe stops people from opening up. But like, it sounds like what you were saying is like when we can get somebody like when I'm in your face and you're going through and I want you to feel the pain, I want you to like, what about that process of going through pain and doing really hard stuff opens people up so that they can get to the next level. I think when you get to that point and you find yourself, I don't know. You just get angry. You get angry. At least for me, I was angry. I got angry I, when people, you know, when I started going to the repetitive stories as a kid and growing up, I was like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. I'm a grown ass woman that needs to start, you know, talking herself and get her ass up and start moving at a faster pace because someone is beating me to it. I feel like every time I'm sleeping, I'm resting, you know, my ideas are not coming through. I feel like someone is taking a step further. And I'm a competitor. Mm. I'm a winner. I will not starve. And that's the way I look at it. And I take, take myself back to childhood. I will not starve. I will survive. And I have a brother who's five years older than me and I took care of him. And I was, mm. and that's always my mentality. I will not starve. I will not go back to the, the way I, but, but again, I've never will. I mean, that was me as a kid, but I need mm-hmm. those stories to fire me up today. I need those stories or I, I will forget where I came from. You know, yeah. and before we want to forget, going back to that question too, we'll want to forget where we came from because we're like, well, those stories are not me anymore. But for me, I need them to get angry yeah. and get that fire that I need, you know, to continue on. And it's not going to stop me. But no, I think some, sometimes we don't want to believe those stories. We don't want to talk about the stories because it's not here nor there. What does that have anything to do with my success? It has everything to do with your success. 
has Why? everything to do because some people get in order for you to rise, those stories need to come to the forefront because it's like, so, it's like social media. If you're not talking about your life, if you're not exposing yourself, if you don't want to be out there and you're in business, it's like you're not selling your almost like you're not selling your product. You have to love what you do or mm -hmm. get the fuck out of business. Go work for somebody. If you don't want to be that person day in and day out, if you don't want the sacrifices, then tell yourself that and go get that nine to five job. Right. But if you want to become a powerful woman in business, then lead, lead powerfully. And people who lead are don't give a shit what's around them. They just keep going and block out the noise. It's like, I don't give a shit. This is my story and I will rise. But if you want to be over here, then stay there proudly and be okay with that. And it's okay. And a lot of people are like, well, my story doesn't need to be told. Well, great. Then your story doesn't be told, but then don't question yourself why you're not going at a faster speed in business. What stops you from living that life day in and day out, waking up to going to bed, come, you know, constantly keep going, keep going. It's like, okay, well, it's not that story or it's not that. That's not the way I grew up. My mother raised me right. My dad was always good. He was always around. Well, shit, something happened that told you you weren't good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nope. Can't think of anything. Well, then you're living a bullshit lie. Best of luck. I don't want, I, I guess the better answer is like, I don't want to think of anything because there is something there for everybody. It seems everybody, like. everybody. If you don't want to think about that, then people are overweight for a reason. Do you think cause they just love to eat? Nobody just wakes up as a kid and they just love to eat. I mean, you're, yeah. you're not going to tell me since a child, I've always loved to eat. No, your parents probably stuffed you with the food. So you can stop crying or they probably stuffed you with food to reward you or they probably stuffed you with the food when something bad happened, they stuffed you with food to make you feel better. We're not big for a reason. We're not weak as women. We weren't born as women weak. Mm -hmm. We were probably raised to be weak, but we weren't born weak. We weren't born fat. We weren't born all these things. We were either told or, you know, to society, I don't know, people around us told us that we weren't good enough. And what story is that? Then go with mm -hmm. that. You know, when you, when you see the women out there and they're making these videos and they go all their filters and they do all these things, like, what the fuck told you you need filters? Just go hard. People will respect you just as much. Mm -hmm. Do you, so it sounds like programming is a huge thing. Like well, people huge. are programmed like their whole to life be, to believe this or believe that or believe this. And to be in a certain way and to be in certain because they're watching other people out there. And that's, that's what I've always told. I've, as I started coaching a couple of years back, I started saying this. Our next generation is watching us. They're there. They're watching us. So if they're watching filters throughout our life, if they're watching silence, if they're watching a certain way, those women, if they're watching the stay-at-home mom, if they're watching all these, I, I get it. I, I love, and I used to be a stay-at-home mom. I have much respect for them. But I was also dying, dying being that person because I'm not truly that person. And the last thing I needed is my two little girls to watch a stay-at-home mom and not do shit. It's like, no, my next, this gen, next generation is going to rise. I popped that bubble a long time ago. My mom, I just saw her catering to my dad and running a business at the same time. It's like, okay, I have to go there to understand that's how, that's what I saw. It doesn't mean it's right. I respect it because that's how she was raised. Okay. I respect it, but I will not raise my kids that way. I will not raise my kids that way. I'll raise my kids to say, you put yourself first, first and foremost, and then everything else is going to follow. Mm -hmm. Faith, if you want to get married, great. Husband, then your kids but always yourself first. Well, God, of course, that's unquestionable. And then yourself, because without you, everything else fall apart. I was raised to believe 
you find a balance in taking care of everyone. I'm like, that's bullshit. How in the hell can you find a balance? Mm -hmm. It's hard to find a balance as a business owner. You can find a balance if you have a nine to five job, but you can't find a balance when you're a business owner. That's a completely different, two, two completely different categories. You just can't do that. Yeah, business, I think it, it leads most people, most entrepreneurs live a very integrated lifestyle. I mean, everything is just interconnected. Just make it work. I've, I've always learned I, I, I don't cook. I don't clean. I try to do least of everything. I, I use, pa I use uh, you know, paper plates, forks. <laughs> if it doesn't do justice for me, it's just, if it's stopping me in my tracks, I won't do it. It's, it's just know, not I, a good, especially in business, it's not a good use of your time. Like, my, my, it, kids, it, my kids will say, you know, I, laundry. I'm like, don't worry about the laundry. Go read a book. Go play volleyball. Go do something outside. Mm. It just, I'm not, you know, my mom was, my mom always told me, you know, you know, a woman should cook and clean and take care of her husband and then still hold a business. I'm like, bullshit. I'm not doing that shit. I'm only, <laughs> only going to go so far in business. That's the, that's that generation. And I have to understand yeah. that. And I also oh. respect it, but I will not raise my kids that way. And I was just, I was, you know, people always said, well, you don't spoil your kids. You shouldn't have your, you know, my kids, trust me, they're not spoiled by any means, by any means, but I sure as hell don't teach them how to be mommies mm. at home moms. How do you help people, you know, the women that you coach, like, how do you help them, you know, reprogram the way that they think? I mean, we all grow up with these stories and this programming and you're going to be this way and do this. Way. Like, how do you, how do you coach somebody to really powerfully reprogram the way that they've thought? We go to the bottom. We go to the bottom, to the bottom of, the of the pit. We start and they, I start to ask them a series of questions, how they grew up, who you truly were. And for the most part, in the beginning of the couple of sessions, 99% of the time they lie because they try to pit, put this picture perfect life. So they lie and that's the norm. That's okay. And then I start to ask better questions and my questions only get deeper and they have no choice but to answer them with honest questions. It's, it's almost like a trap, not for me, but for themselves. They're trapping themselves because they were stuck in a story for so long. They truly believed it. So when you take somebody so, so deep and you don't leave them there by themselves, um, they're down there with them so they can understand themselves much better. And it takes baby steps because you can't remember everything. But the stories and questions will rise that you'll want to ask yourself more questions. That's what it's about. When you come up with one story, you're starting to really deep and start to remember and start to ask more questions and more questions and more questions. You're like, oh, shit, now I know why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. All right, let's, let's leave that alone. We discovered that. Now let's go back and try to just nitpick one thing at a time. Because everything will overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. It almost depresses you. So let's go to the bottom. And now that we discovered that, let's go back to the bottom and start asking one little question. Who do you want to become? One mm. question. Who do you want to become? And for the most part, women say they want to be successful. They want to be powerful. They don't want to give a shit. They want to, they want to say all these great. They get angry. Because they start to realize that's not who I am. <laughs> this is who I want to become. But this is who I am. And they get angry and they start to rise on their own. I'm just sitting back. And I'm getting them pissed. And I've done my job. Mm. Do you feel like there is this process that's got to take place after, you know, I mean, it's really difficult when you've been raised this one way and then you go through a transformative experience. Like maybe you, you have with one of your 
uh, coaching clients, but like, what about the after? What happens when you go back home and maybe the husband's still the same or your family starts to question you? Like, how do you deeply root change so that you can go off and achieve all you want to be? You go back confident. You go back knowing that you're who you want to become is going to take steps and it's to be consistent. Mm -hmm. You can't go back and forth with maybe I should be this person because life was easier this way. Or I'm going to continue taking the steps on who I need to become because I want to be this person and make it consistent no matter what comes my way. And eventually the people will start drawing closer to you, respecting you. And some of those will start drawing away from you. Mm-hmm. And start looking at you like you're a completely different person. So you really have to go home and understanding that you have to make a choice. So your choice is stay where you're at or rise to the top. And mm-hmm. rising to the top is not pretty. It's not easy. That's why that's many people are there. It's mm-hmm. not easy. It's by any means, is it anywhere happiness? Because you start to discover yourself on a deeper level. And you're unhappy that it's easier to go back. But if you just keep going, you know that that's where you're meant to be because it feels too good to stop. And that's what it felt like for me. It just felt too good to stop. And the more I kept going, the person I was just seemed so far that I can't even reach her anymore. And I haven't even touched the person that I know that I can be. Mm -hmm. And there's so many steps that I got to take to get there and we're forever growing. And that's the most beautiful part. And the scariest part is that we continue learning more and more about ourselves, but people refuse to do that because it's too scary that people just stay exactly where they're at. It's just mm. easier. You fly by. Does having a uh, good husband, wife, partner, make it easier, harder? How, how it's hard. That? It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. I've been married for over what? I think 22 years. And it's extremely hard just because I'm completely a different person that I today than I was yesterday. <laughs> I'm constantly growing and I'm constantly doing things. And I have a very strong personality. You know, I don't sugarcoat stuff and I don't try to make my husband happy. And that was one of the major things in our marriage and what almost caused our divorce is my authentic self came out after so many years. And I've, I've, been, I've known him since I was like 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So I changed tremendously over the years and I still held back in my twenties and in my thirties even. And so that caused a lot of craziness because he was accustomed to seeing one person and mm-hmm. I'm a different person today. And I continue rising and being married to someone like me is extremely hard. Um, you have to, <laughs> you have to be mad enough to handle me is what he says. I mean, cause I'm, I'm extremely hard to handle. Um, but then again, I also am, you know, 51% of the company. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. I'm not easy to live with because when I want things done, I get things done and it's like nothing stops me. Nothing gets in my way. And sometimes he's just like, hey, go ahead and start to drive. Take the wheel. I'm going to move mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're going to knock me over. But I know you're going <laughs> to get us to where, I know you're going to get us to where we need to be. So he'll even move. But when a spouse doesn't understand that woman, they're constantly getting in her way. Because she's, you're not accustomed to that person coming into your household and trying to take over. It's not she's trying mm-hmm. to take over. You're just not accustomed to who she is trying to become and who she truly is. You're just accustomed to seeing this person. And if you're in a marriage and you're not understanding that, you both are growing 
one's going to be left behind. And that person needs to make a choice, leave or stay. But if you stay, own up to where you're going to be. And if you leave, understand that that's going to be ugly until it gets really pretty mm. because you're going to see yourself in a bitter light and you were mm. meant to be in the marriage. And one of the things we do in our coaching is exactly that. We're not trying to save your marriage. We're just trying to give you a different perspective and you make the choice. Do you want to be in this marriage? And for the most part, some don't. They're like, no, I don't want to be here, you know, and and if you look at the statistics right now, women are rising and they're mm. the reason for the divorce because we're fed up and we're done. We're done with weak ass men. We're mm. done. Either you rise with us or move aside. It's plain and simple. How, how do you get to where you want to go? I mean, success, I don't believe is an event. It doesn't just happen. Um, and by the way, if you're married, no offense to you. <laughs> I'm sure you have a wonderful marriage. <laughs> and your wife is beautiful, I'm sure. So please, my wife, don't take anything I was, in my very words. I was very transparent coming to this marriage. Like, I want to grow. I'm going to grow every day. And, you know, I'm going to continually evolve. And she will sometimes randomly walk in. And this is, I, I don't do this all the time. But every, like, three to six months, I'll just be looking in the mirror and be like, you're dead to me. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I'll be talking to myself. Like I'm fed up with you. Like, you know, like you're dead, like it's over. Like I, and I can constantly, I don't remember who I was three months ago. Like I'm always, you know, and I, and like I want, said. and I want to say this, I've coached um, stay at home moms before. And this is a really sad thing for stay at home moms. They enjoy being stay at home. They love it. That's actually what, that's all they know. And you never want to take that story away from the stay at home mom. So when you, when I, when I coach the women, I'm like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, who do you want to be? And they're like, well, you know, I, I, I love my children. I want to stay at home. I want to be here. I want to carry for my family. I want to make sure I don't miss, you know, anything that my children have going on. I want to be home for my husband and they cater to their husbands. They cater to their children. And, and that's what, that's all they know. When you try to take a stay at home mom into a completely different world and life, like, mm -hmm. It's wrong. I'm going to tell you why. Because if she's telling you, this is all I know and this is what I love, but it feels like I should be doing more. We need to go to like, what does more mean to you? Like, what does more mean to you? If you have nothing behind it to back that more up, like what, what, does, what does more mean to you? For the most part, they can't tell you what more really means because they don't know. One of the hardest questions I asked in my coaching is who do you want to become was one of the hardest things for them. They didn't know. The beautiful part about stay-at-home moms, and I love coaching them, is this thing, is that they have to own up to loving to be a stay-at-home mom. A lot of mm -hmm. them felt guilt of being a stay-at-home mom because yeah. their husbands were hunting and bringing home the buffalo, and they were just doing nothing but cooking it and feeding the family. They wanted to go out there and hunt too because they thought they needed to hunt with, them, you know, with their husband. I'm just kind of putting it in, yeah. in so many words. So they would live with this guilt. And I asked them, well, what brought you all of a sudden this guilt, if that was what you and your husband agreed on, what suddenly brought this guilt? If he's making you feel loved and home, you know, and he wants you to stay at home and he's supporting you, you know, and you're baking, I don't know, muffins to the school and that should be your only job. Like what's all of a sudden is bringing this to you? hundred percent of them, social media, mm. social media. These girls are doing X, Y, and Z. I'm just a stay at home. And then, so even when I go to pick up my kids from school, you have your stay-at-home mommies and you have all the working moms over here in their vehicles. Like, get the hell in the car. We got to go. 
you know, mm-hmm. and the stay-at-home moms get off and they have low muffins and they wave to their kids. And I'm like, ah, oh, get in the car. Mom has to go. <laughs> you know, so I respect those moms. But when I coach them, it's like, why can you be happy with what you've set your life up for as a stay-at-home mom? So for the most part, it's because they feel lost. They feel lost because they see themselves through social media. They see themselves like a life they should be living. Because mm. social, social media is showing you these powerful, outspoken women like myself. Like, man, how can I become her? I'm like, if you only knew, I went through all that. I wasn't meant to be a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't meant to be that. I played that role because I thought that's what I wanted to be. But that mm-hmm. wasn't meant to me from the very, very beginning. But if you were meant to be from the very beginning, and that's exactly what you want to be, then stay there and own up to it. And be okay with cooking the buffalo your husband brings home own up to that and be happy. I always saw this to the group. Happy is the key. Happy is the key. Don't be like me. I'm just simply going out there and, li- and telling you my life. I wasn't happy being that person. Mm-hmm. But if you're happy, then stay there. Mm-hmm. I was not happy, but don't be anything like me. I'm just social media, but I'm also real and raw. And I'm coming back to a whole thousands of women just grabbing them and say, hey, the key, happy. Mm. And what does that mean to you? So I want so, to make sure I throw that out there to you because if anybody, I think it's like so the marriage-wise, yeah. I'm not bringing any marriage down. I'm just saying exactly what I just said is what I meant to say. I got you. I got you. I want to talk a little bit about goals. And a second ago, we were talking about, you know, how do you, how do you achieve goals? Like what, what's the process? And I've sat with AZ and I've had incredible conversations with him about goals and these types of things. And he, he put it to me in, in a way that I'll forever be grateful for. But I want to ask you, like when you get this idea or this vision or, or this or that, or I want to be on stage, you know, holding up a, you know, a trophy at the end of a fitness competition, like how do you achieve that? How, is it, is, I know that there's the mindset of, I'm going to win, but winning does have a formula in some cases. How do, what is your formula for going out there and, and, and being successful at something, whether it's standing on stage, holding a trophy, or it's launching, you know, you just went to your grand opening uh, with your new building with AZ and Associates. Like, so what's that, walk through that process. I'm going to tell you, I'll give you a prime example in this building. 10 years ago, we set ourselves up to be exactly in this building. Mm. And what that looked like actually set myself up for a bigger goal than this, just this building, by the way. So 10 years ago when we lost, I was longer than 10 years ago, by the way. I don't even know how many years before that. (laughs) When we lost the store and we went solo into our own brokerage, I knew that this time was coming. So we set ourselves up for a goal of either owning a commercial building or purchasing a 10,000 square foot building So what does that look like? I already know, and people who, you know, are in their 40s and 50s know that life comes at you pretty quick and the years pass you fairly, like, fast. Mm -hmm. I got my house when I was, I think AZ and I bought our first house when we were 22, 20, somewhere around there. I don't know how old we were. We were fairly young. My whole life I had goals set. And what that looked like was just implementing small little steps that needed to be taken. And no matter what was in my way, 
I had to just take that step a little further. Even if it took a step back, I knew I was going to be like, okay, one or two I can take. It's not going to take me far to take the next step, right? But when you fall so deep down at the bottom, it's hard to get back up. Mm-hmm. So the way I looked at everything from, the, from when I was young, it was like these small little steps and goals that I can take. So even when we planned, put ourselves here, we were planting small seeds already. And no matter what was getting in our way, the long goal was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We need to set ourselves up slowly, no matter what fallback we have. The goal is this building. And we've had a lot of setbacks, but it didn't stop us from the goal that we originally had. And it never scared us, no matter how deep we fell. We didn't never fell too deep where we couldn't put ourselves back on track. So the same thing goes with the pro card. Do you think the pro card came in my 20s? It came since I was young. I knew that I always wanted to build muscle. What did that look like? By taking small little steps and learning more and more about my body and how to get to that point. And the actual coach, and I visioned myself, visioned myself, and I never stopped visualizing myself on stage with a crown. Never, never. I didn't even know what a pro card was. I just knew what I wanted and was to be on stage, be crowned and be clapped. That's all I wanted. I had no idea where this was going to take me, but I saw my vision. We had no idea where this was going to get us, but we saw our vision and we kept it there. And it was nothing was going to stop us to get to that point. We're going to get setbacks. That's part of life but we weren't going to fall so deep that we can't get our asses back up. So I started learning more and more about the fitness industry on my own, grab books, start reading, started my, doing my own plans. I went to the best of the best. I started seeing this coach in the magazine. I was like, that's the guy. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's the guy. I kept thinking about it. I kept, I kept writing about it. Next thing you know, in my late twenties, he became my coach. The best of the best. That coach is the best in the world but I visualized it and I took steps to get to that point, no matter what. And we could be here for another 10 hours to tell you the steps that I took. But the major thing was I continuously visualized it and kept taking steps further and further and further. I never took a step back where it was like, let me, let me slack a little bit. Let me like shit. Let me go over here. Let me slack and drink. And let me, it it just know was like, how can I get to this point? I kept learning more and more about it when this business and everything fell apart. I didn't become the victim of the failure of the business. If anything, I started learning more and more about business. I started figuring out how can I get here because 10 years is going to come quick. Mm-hmm. How can I do the strategy no matter what to get to this point? I had to invest in coaches and accountants and attorneys. I had to invest to learn to become a smarter businesswoman. So I went and I surrounded myself with business people, my old bosses, mentors. I stopped surrounding myself that the people did not matter. I, stopped, I started surrounding myself with fitness gurus, freaks, to find out more information on how to get to the top. Same thing in business. I started surrounding myself, getting relationships around me, how to get there. I started asking better questions. But I always kept myself with that vision. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But nah, I'm going to get there. 
but I'll, I'm going to get there. I never allowed anything to get in my way. And even if it did, I became smarter to understand it's just an emotion. It's just a moment. It shall pass. 10 years is going to come. How important is it to have a coach? Extremely, extremely important. I've had psychiatrists. I've had counselors. I get it. I'm not criticizing them. They're just not meant for me. I love coaches because, well, they have to hold up a certain degree and they'll lose a degree if they talk to you in an honest voice. Um, coaches just talk to you real and raw and they don't hold anything. Mm. Um, the coach has to be the right coach. Um, it's not just any coach off the street, obviously. It's somebody who actually you can hear. I've had many coaches and there's only been maybe two voices that I've heard in my life mm. that truly, truly got to me. And AZ Araujo is one of them. And I'm mm. married to him. He definitely <laughs> took me I'm to married. a step left. He took me to a, another level in my life. And I had to move the husband and friend aside and truly allow him to coach me through the process. And understanding that this relationship, our marriage might have not be there. Mm. He wasn't the best husband, but he was the greatest coach I've ever had because he took me to a whole new level. And so he even put aside the 19-year-old he met, his wife, his best friend. And I went in as a student and he became a great teacher in my life. Mm. And then I, you know, I hired another coach. And that voice was like, holy shit. You know, they took me to a level that I never thought before. And one of the reasons why, you know, I started training and coaching and programs and my business went high and it's just now I started running alongside of my husband not behind my husband so and coaches think it's to me are extremely important do you think it's important to have them just you know in a couple of areas of your life or should you have somebody in every area of your life I think you should have them in all areas of your life from your business to your personal to your fitness yeah I think it's important that you continuously invest in yourself that's one of the biggest things that I truly believe I don't know 15 years ago Investing in myself with coaches was like the best investment ever. And I'm so grateful mm. for them because I wouldn't be here today. Even my fitness coach, you know, he's a man of little words, but he is a badass. And mm. he didn't care for my tears. He took, <laughs> me, he, he took me to a whole new level that I never thought before. And he was very critical. He was very critical, not judgmental. He was critical. And I would tell him why well, I want to be, you know, the IPB pro that, that stands, you know, that sells products, you know, somebody's hitting me up to sell their oatmeal, their protein, their hats. And he would look at me and say, do you know who you are? Why don't you create your own shit? I'm like, well, I want to be like them on social media. Again, I'm going to ask you, do mm -hmm. you know who you are? He saw more in myself than I ever saw in myself. Yeah. I wanted to work with someone when he said, do you know who you are? Go build your own shit. You can mm -hmm. buy their protein company. Why would you want to sell their protein at a booth? I don't know. And I would cry because he would see more in me than I saw in myself. So, yeah, I started creating my own clothing line. I started doing my own shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what it was? I got angry at him. I was like, well, F you. If you don't want to help me like you're helping these athletes, then F you. I'm going to go build my own shit. And now I come back and I'm sponsoring their fitness shows. That's who I am. 
He saw that in me before I even saw that in myself. I've invested thousands. I can't even tell you more than 200K. I can't even count the enormous amount of money on this coach, on this fitness coach. The reason for that being was because it was worth every single penny. I would be at a booth not to criticize it, doing something I don't love. So I started creating my own shit out of anger that turned into passion. And when people come at me and say, I can't, and why would you? And all these questions, I get pissed. I do that with my husband even now. I'm like, watch me. And he knows what I'm about to do. I'm about to blow shit up. So that's why he steps aside because he knows me. I'm piss her off because I know she can't get creative. Mm. So he steps aside and I come hard and he's like, okay, all right, cool. Nice process. Let's put all this in place now. <laughs> and he knows me already, right? Because I get angry that everything I do and create, I have to get angry to blow shit up. And then I get passionate about it. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I did. And if I didn't do that, even when I hired my coach in business, I had years of, of trying to see what missing piece I'm missing in this whole puzzle. And between AZ and that coach brought me together. And I was like, and then that coach, exactly what they did. Now we pissed her off, moved to the side and see what mm. she does. I blew it up because they knew exactly what they were working with. I didn't even know what I was working with. A psychiatrist, a counselor, they wouldn't have done that. I've never been a fan of, I've, I've been a fan of working with therapists that are good at giving people tools and equipping them with understanding how to deal with situations, like a million percent. But I could, I could agree with you that like, I was never the, the guy that you could like coddle me and like I would go create change in my life. I was the guy that like, you need to get in my face, mother F me up one side and down the other. And you know, like you basically just don't need to care about how I feel. Like, give me the, give me the path. Like, don't make me feel good. Show me how to create change in my life so that I'll actually go out and do something because this whole feel good stuff, it's nice, but it's not getting me anywhere. Like I need to, right. I need something powerful. And I've had them all. I've, I've had, I've had the therapist and psychiatrist. I had them all. I've had, I've had them all in multiple of them. And I was so ashamed of one psychiatrist. Um, something, an incident happened to me and I had hired a psychiatrist and I was so afraid anyone was going to find out. And I brought, actually flew her in from California from LAPD uh, therapy or something like that. She worked for the, um, the Los Angeles police department and she flew down and I rented her a car, kept her in a hotel and she came into my home and it was deep therapy, whatever we had to go through. But she, she only told me one thing and that's probably, she gave me tools, like you said, and nothing really helped. Um, so I've had them all. I think they're all wonderful. And I think they're meant for, and that's why they're here because they're meant for people. They're yeah. just not meant for me. I need someone to be in my face. Um, and the exact same reason with my fitness coaches, I've had two. And then the second one that I met, he definitely was extremely critical. Um, as a matter of fact, when I won my IFBB pro card, he was wearing a hat and his backpack. And man, he knew I bust my ass off to get to that point. And he's looking at me across the stage. He didn't go and hug me and say, congratulations. He looked at me, put his head down and said, good job. And he walks away. <laughs> That's all he says to me. And that to me meant the world to me mm. because I know now that I was one of them. I was the elite of the elite. And when I walked out of that backstage, exactly what my other coach said, and she's number two in the world, I believe in fitness. She looks at me and she goes, now you're one of us. Do you know what I did? I freaked out. I didn't know how to take it to that level. I went to the hotel room. AZ said, hey, you need to be in the magazine. They're waiting for you, photography. And they're, 
do you know what I did? I went straight to the room. I started punching the bathroom walls. I took off all my makeup. I tore my bathing suit. I started screaming. AZ thought like he didn't know how to handle me. He didn't even know what to do with me. My coaches were texting me, where are you at? And you need to be down here for photos. I just, then again, I thought I was not good enough. I shouldn't have won. I liked the national level. It was easier. Everyone knew me. Everyone knew me. I loved it back on stage. I was becoming friendly. And one thing my coach said, you're not friends. You didn't go, you didn't bust your ass off with a broken toe, your back almost freaking in pain, all these things that happened to you. Like I had a broken toe when I went on stage once, like all this pain. And you're telling me that you're here to make friends. And so he taught me so much and that led into my business, which in a, mm. in a positive way. So I'm like, that's true. What am I doing? And so, but again, you know, it's just, there's this thing that I need. I, I need someone to tell me, stop acting like a victim, you little shit and get your ass off. I don't need someone to tell me what's wrong. Are you okay? Like, no, my coach said, what the, what the fuck? What are you doing, man? And, I'm, and I just ignored him. He was pissed. He didn't talk to me for months. Um, and I needed that. I needed that. I didn't need him to check up on me. I didn't need AZ to go in that bathroom and say what's wrong. He knew damn well was wrong. He just stepped aside and said, deal with your shit. I'm not going in there. Mm -hmm. I didn't come out to New York for you to act like a little shit and deal with your crap. And I did. He stayed on the on bed watching TV, like do what you need to do. And he heard me, he heard me and I came out and I started arguing with him and it pissed me off even more because he wasn't arguing with me. And he's like, you're going crazy. And he allowed me to punch him as a punching bag with my words. Mm. And it was sad. It was extremely sad, but my anger got me exactly what I wanted that turned mm. into passion. I had to bring myself back. So it was a beautiful thing, but I cannot have coaches that are nice to me. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> How important is it to know your system? Like as you're growing and developing, like, you know, you have a very specific system. It sounds like I, I have a very specific, like, I understand who I am and who I'm not. And I know like how I'm going to, how I'm wired and what will motivate me and what won't. It sounds like you're pretty keen on that. How important is that for somebody that's trying to develop as a leader and to succeed in business or in their health or with money or relationships? It sounds like you've had, you yourself know it about yourself. And it sounds like AZ knows it and your coach knew it. Like how, how important would you say that is to, to somebody to know who you are and if how you, you don't, work? If you don't have a system and you don't know how you work and operate, in your life in general and in your health and your business or it just in, in general, you're going to lose every time. And it's important that you stay consistent in your system. And mm. that's, that's basically who you are and that's who you are. And that's what gets you to the next level. Yeah. Because if you don't understand yourself on that deep level, then you're not going to go, you're not going to go very far. You're going to stay exactly where you're at. Cause you don't even know where you're at. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. You don't know where you're at. So how is your system going to work? If you don't even know you, you don't know your system. So for me, my system has to run daily when my eyes open up at four in the morning and it, has, and it has to be understood. And I have to take time for myself to make sure I don't throw myself off that because it, it, at any moment I can go left and it's like, oh shit, I just lost time, you know, by a broken system. So if you don't know you on a deep level, you don't really truly are, you're not honest with yourself and who you truly are, your system is broken. So how can anything function as a system in your business or in your personal life if mm -hmm. your system is broken? 100%. I think everybody's got an operating system, like just like a computer, just like a, like a car, like everybody has this way that they function. And 
um, you know, my coach is always saying like, you just wake up, like you're asleep, like wake the hell up. Like you can't just unintentionally walk through life and expect that you're going to go places. You got to. It's funny when you, you say that when I wake up in the morning, I don't wake up stretching. <laughs> I know you can tell you this. My whole body goes up. I'm like, good morning. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, I just got up to pee. <laughs> he's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh damn, it's not four yet. No, it's two. I'm like, oh shit, okay, let me go back to bed. <laughs> but I, I don't wake up with the intention of, I guess, stretching and like, oh, and it's like, because my mind has to wake up happy. And if I don't mm -hmm. wake up happy, I wake up tired, if that makes sense. Yeah. The first thought in your mind is, is I'm alive. I'm like, good morning. And he'll tell you this every time, like, shit. Like, but I have to do that. Because if I don't do that and I wake up, good morning. Hey, how did you sleep? That, that's, that's just not how I operate. Yeah. And operate however some people meditate, some people stretch. I, I don't operate like that. I have to operate jumping out of bed. I have to, like my body comes up. I'm like, good morning. <laughs> And like, you really don't want it. Like, it's like you've injected coffee in my veins or something because mm -hmm. I wake up so happy. Because if I don't wake up that way, my system is broken already. Yeah. It, it doesn't start. It's not even turned on. It totally can sit. Like, I, you say that, like, I wake up at 4.30 every morning and I go work out really intensely for an hour. And when I come back, my endorphins are high. Like, everything's mm -hmm. kicking and I'm... I'm in a, an amazing mood. Good morning. I'm really loud. I'm kind of obnoxious. And that's typically not my nature. My family is just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, my wife, that's, my that's wife's that's like, uh, no, it's not a good morning. Like right. you're being obnoxious. Like, shut up. And when you do that day in and day out for, for years, it becomes a system. It becomes part of your system. 100%. So when I talk to women or men and I'm like, if you just wake up and put on your clothes or take a shower, and you go to work or you wake up and you get out of bed and you drink some coffee and, and you do the same thing over and over, that is your system. But if it's not awakening you up, like if it's not waking you up to do what you need to do at a, at a fast pace and, and meeting your goal, then your system is broken mm -hmm. and it's too laid back. I don't like my system to be laid back. I just don't operate that way. I like to have a busy schedule, a tight schedule. I like, I'm like this. That's just how, that's how I am. And that's who I am. And so if I don't wake up that way and I, and I sleep in on a Sunday and I never sleep in on a Sunday, I even wake up at four o'clock on Sunday um, because then my system is broken and I don't turn off my system on a Sunday or on a Saturday, or if I'm late out night at a dinner and my system the next day is turned, I, I don't operate that way. My system is on 24 hours, some days a week, no matter what. And that way my system is never broken and it's never off. And the moment you turn it off because you deserve a day off, your system is broken. And so then don't ask yourself questions. What am I doing wrong? It's like, well, remember that your system, you keep turning it on and off. So mm -hmm. you really don't have a system. You just have a system at your convenience. Oh, okay. Then that's not a system. I've definitely noticed that without question. If I, you know, like on a, a Saturday or Sunday, as an example, just, don't go through my normal routine. Like the day just doesn't flow the doesn't right that, way. It doesn't. Every day yeah. by seven, like 15, seven fifteen, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to go do something somewhere. And um, typically that's work. Uh, but like on Saturday, Sunday, there's not a lot of like, 
I'm not necessarily going to work. My intention for the day is to spend time with the family, but everybody's still kind of lounging around and I'm like, let's go. Where are we going? Let's see what's going on. We got to, we got to move or I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to go downward for the rest of the day. Uh, I love it. Yep. This has been yep. an incredible conversation. Uh, I've taken, you know, away so many great and incredible insights from this. I really do appreciate you spending some time with me and helping the people that are listening to this understand uh, just how to expand their mind, how to, how to produce at a high level. I know that, you know, parts of this conversation to some people may seem like they're out there or they're crazy, but like when you really get your life to this elite level, just in all areas, uh, it, sometimes it, it's going to sound crazy, but if you listen to people like yourself, Carla, and just follow the blueprint and follow the model, which it sounds like what you're, what you're leaving behind for everybody, um, you know, it's fascinating how different your life can look in 10 days, in 10 months, in 10 years. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, I've taken away some stuff here that's really going to help me. And I know that anybody listening to this is going to do the same. Uh, so I really appreciate you doing that. The, the, the podcast is Words of Wisdom. So, you know, play a little game here. Yeah, you know, let's, let's act like it's maybe your last day here on earth. What would be your parting words of wisdom? What's the one thing you want somebody to hear that they could take and go change your life with? Happiness. Find happiness and whatever that means to you. Because tomorrow might never come. And as cliche as that sounds, I promise you, your life will come and go. And before you know it, the shit you wanted to do will never get done. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Carla. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to the Words of Wisdom podcast. Make sure that you uh, screenshot your listening, tag uh, me on Instagram at like Grant Wise. I would love to know what your favorite part of this episode was. Rate and review, all of that stuff. Carla, what's the best place somebody could connect with you if they wanted to learn more about you? You can find me on bad badass agents.com. I have some websites in there and um, not websites, my podcast on there and um, also do the work.com. You can also find me on Facebook at AZ figure and also on Instagram. And um, we have, um, I think, I don't know where else we have all kinds of other stuff out there. Find <laughs> me. I'm not hard to find. I promise you, you could even actually Google me Google me. There you go. There and you'll you go. see me in all my shows out there as well. So uh, I'm not hard it. to we'll, find. I promise you. <laughs> we'll make sure that we link that up so that uh, everybody can connect with you, Carla. Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks you guys for listening. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Words of Wisdom. This is a show designed to inspire you to become a better leader so that you can win in all areas of your life. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Please rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, go off and share your favorite words of wisdom from today's show.